into the it's Thursday, July 1. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here. How are you, Shane Lee? Very well, Timmy. He's in lockdown, but I'm going okay. It, it will be over. At one point, it will be <laughs> over. Uh, now, Nathan Cleary, he's done his shoulder. It looks like four weeks, so that means he'll miss origin, but good news for Penrith. It's a really interesting round of rugby league as to um, who they'll pick. I had a good chat with Brad Fittler yesterday, and I think it's still open. I think that, you know, Moses could be on show for Parramatta, Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I think Moses will, will get the night, but a really, really, uh, I feel upset for Cleary. Hopefully he comes back and he can play in the semis and the finals for Penrith because uh, he's having a bumper season. Yeah, yeah, he's he's an outstanding player and he's absolutely yep. remarkable and played tough because he hurt his shoulder early in that game. Now you can be a winner tomorrow on Afternoon Sport. We're going to give away a signed Western Sydney Wanderers ball so you have the opportunity to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport and we will have a winner tomorrow. Huge show today. Former Australian cricketer Brad Hodges with us. Former pro tennis player Jaslyn Hewitt casts the eye at Wimbledon and a man that was playing in that State of Origin game. Didn't he have a blinder? Damien Cook. Brad Hodges with us in just a tick. I always love chatting with uh, Brad Hodge, former Australian cricketer. How are you, Hodgie? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, Tim, real good, actually. Now, Hodge, I want to start with, um, mate, you were lucky enough to play six tests for Australia, 25 one-day internationals. But you played for 14 different franchises all up, mate. Now, what are your thoughts with, with some of the players now choosing franchises over playing for their country? Well, it's probably, I mean, when you were holding your World Cups up, uh, Fug, it probably <laughs> wasn't an option, was it? And then, no. and then this new franchise, T20 Cricket, came into our lives. And look, for me personally, it was a real blessing because my, my sort of ambitions to play for my country, it sort of deteriorated and it gave me a a new outlet, a new determination. Hmm. But now it's sort of crossed over and, and they both take each other's spaces. You know, is it a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. There's no doubt about that because it brings a lot of revenue into the game and new spectators. But what's it produced for the players? Probably a question. And I think it's really important to understand that, you know, every person's different and they'll make their individual choices. The landscape has changed. And um, it's just whether the traditionalists can get their heads around, you know, that yeah. the landscape has changed. That's that's the, the critical part. A shame Warner Mark War have been critical themselves and then they've been criticised. They've basically said that those that choose franchise above their country should have their cards checked. Um, what do you think about that, Brad? Would have been nice if I was around because there's some pretty good players when I was there. And if they had chose franchise cricket, it might have got a few more games. <laughs> well, you should have had a few more games. You got a double hundred. Um, yeah, look, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I One of the things I was very interested in was Aaron Finch's comments um, because obviously he's a leader of, you know, the, the white ball teams. Yeah. And, and with his best players out, it's going to be awfully hard for him to challenge for success, right? But having said that, though, of the seven cases that haven't toured to the West Indies, I guess you have to look at each individual case mm. and as to why they're choosing not to go to the West Indies. And I think Aaron's comments were sort of spot on that it would be hard to then go and fill your void back in the IPL later. Um, the IPL is different to all other franchises, of course. It's a pretty spectacular tournament, I must admit. It's great to be a part of. The one dilemma that uh, the Australians face and all other cricketers is that it's in the rest period. So, yeah, that's the real tricky period that Cricket Australia face where mm. they allow their cricketers who cry out for, you know, a bit of time off or some downtime. 
get that downtime, but then go and choose to play cricket in that downtime. So, yeah, that's a real dilemma. And I, I, I guess Steve and, and Mark say, well, hang on a minute. If you've selected to play for your country and you're getting paid contract money to do that, then how is that a choice, I guess? So yeah. it's, a real, it's a real conundrum. It's not going to go away. But I think you just have to look at each person individually. I think um, the cricketers are being tested at the moment with their bubbles that they have to live in, and that's a real challenge. So, yeah, it's an interesting space yeah. that we're going to have to look out for. See, I, I, have no, I have no problem at all with players taking the money. You know, I was lucky enough to play 45 one days for Australia. But if I was a golfer, I'd be on a pension now. And I, I don't uh, receive one cent from Cricket Australia post-career. So it's I have no problem with players filling their boots and and earning money when they can because you know there's no guarantee that you're going to be looked after in the future and it's been proven. It's a good point, Fuck, because I think yeah, yeah the, the PGA Tour, the superannuation payout that you get if you're on that tour card for ten years is astronomical, right? Yeah. Um, but having said that, though, I do believe that the players are well remunerated through mm. the course of their their lifespan. I guess for Steve to come out and say that, he's probably questioning the value of the baggy green cap and I guess the the baggy um, canary one to a certain extent. Now, when he was in charge, like that was was it, right? Baggy green was everything. Mm. And I probably feel from his point of view, I can't get into his mind. I'm not a mind reader, but I would sense that he's seeing a little bit of that disappear. How dangerous would it be? If you were on one of those pensions, Shane, <laughs> tell you what, yeah. I, I wouldn't be getting up at seven AM doing podcasts. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a dangerous commodity on the nightlife. I was just going to say, Timmy. I was going to ask Hodgie. Um, you've got uh, a really important Asher series coming up now. Let, let's turn to that. And um, uh, some of the English players are saying they won't come if they can't bring their wives in a four-month lockdown. What are your thoughts on that one, Hodgie? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting answer. Back in the day when you were sponsored by beer companies and, and smoke companies, probably <laughs> probably not a good idea. But times have changed. Um, I think that it's interesting that now the player certainly, certainly needs the support network of his family. And if his family is is allowed to come and doesn't and affects his performance in a positive way, then I think it's really good. Um, what we've seen is that it's awfully challenging for people to manoeuvre the girls or partners around the country when the players are actually playing. Like that's it's a real challenge. I mean, I was on the two thousand five Ashes series, and there's a person that's actually employed to look after the females, right? Yeah. So but you can't, you, Brad, you can't cancel a tour, can you, like for that kind of thing? When you think of the history, when you think of the people that are invested, the fans, the bludger of a year and a half that everyone has been through, imagine if you just flipped a tour on its head because of something like that. No, well, you can't. That's the simple fact, right? And, then, and as a sportsman, we all know that sacrifices are made and they have to be continually made through your career to be successful. Now, it's just part and parcel that, unfortunately, cricketers spend a long time away from their homes. Mm. And, and we get the rough end of the stick of that. Don't be fooled about that. Because if you look at AFL, like there was a deal done last year that the players don't want to spend any more than three weeks away from home, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you said that to a cricketer, that's probably one test match in a couple of warm-up <laughs> games. So it's, it's a real interesting phase mm. that, you know, we face. But in terms of that support network, I mean, come on, we – 
the cricketers have more support base now than they ever have. Um, I would have thought that touring over to the West Indies now, and I've moved from England to Australia, there would have been 20 cricket players on the plane, probably 25 staff members. So there's a huge amount of support network that the players have got access to. Now, if you feel that you are missing home or you've got some family connection you have to deal with, then I'm sure the management can sort that out and say, you know, we've seen players leave in the past. Virat Kohli himself left a huge tour just not long ago to go home and have the birth of his child. So, yeah, those circumstances, absolutely, you know. But in terms of flicking your tour because your partner can't come, I mean, maybe different if you're married for 20 years, but if you just got some girl that's been, you know, running around the sofa on a Friday night and you've managed to pick her up, you know, it's it, a little bit different. I'm not quite sure which guy wants to leave the, the partner home. The guy's been married for 20 years. The guy's got the new girlfriend. <laughs> I'll have to ask Hodge which one he means. Oh, exactly. Brad Hodge, it's always a delight to chat with you. We look forward to talking to you real soon. Yeah, good boys. I like it. Thanks for having me on. What a huge night it was at Wimbledon. We have all the latest tennis news with Jaslyn Hewitt next on Afternoon Sport. I don't think there's anything quite like the All England Championships and to see crowds, it almost looks normal, Jaslyn Hewitt. Yes, so it's been fantastic to watch uh, Wimbledon again, over 20,000 people attending each day and having crowds uh, supporting the athletes is phenomenal to actually see. It's, it almost feels like we're back to the old times. Now, Jazz, let's start with uh, with a, a real warrior of ours, or, sh- or should I say ninja warrior, <laughs> Nick, Nick Kouris. He, uh, he had a big fall. And then a fantastic win, 9-7 in the fifth. Yeah, so this match has lasted the last two days. It was three all in the fifth set two days ago when he had to stop at 10.55 due to the uh, 11 p.m. curfew that they have on the courts over there. So he was able to get back on last night and finish the match off, 9-7 in the fifth. So great to see him have, yeah. a, have a massive comeback there. But, uh, yeah, scary fall for him. He, he hurt his hip out there and... Uh, I think given his comments, it's quite interesting how, how sore he was from the first day and just wanted to go back into bed and uh, or go to the pub and have a beer. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a different mentality from Nick, but it seems like he's really enjoying himself over there. Yeah, and it was a good win. Uh, hopefully he'll be okay with that hip injury. But it does raise the question mark, doesn't it? Because Serena went down injured. Other players have as well. Their teams are saying that these courts aren't quite right. Yeah, so I think the conditions there have been quite humid and always in the first few rounds because Wimbledon is so prestigious. Unless you're a seed uh, and you're allowed one hour of training on the courts, you have to train at a side court centre at Arangi, which backs on right next to the courts there at Wimbledon themselves. However, because the courts are so fresh and lush and green, they're just playing a lot slower and therefore a lot slipperier. They're not that dried out condition for the players to be able to get those uh, pimply shoes that they wear to actually dig into the court. So, it, I mean, it was it was heartbreaking with Serena William mm. going down with her ankle injury and, and I think uh, the top of her hamstring there 
So hopefully she'll be right for uh, Olympics. But, yeah, very disappointing with her and Federer. His opponent, probably a blessing for Federer, not having to push himself so hard, but uh, his opponent, Adrian Manorino, retired due to a knee injury as well. So it's, it is alarming um, and it's definitely a major concern for the players. Yeah, it was really sad to see Serena in tears. And um, well, another player who's coming off an injury from, I think, the last time was Ash Barty, but she looks good so far. Yeah, well, she loves these three setters, doesn't she? She made life tough for herself in the second set, going down 7-6. But um, standing ovation for her opponent, who who has survived cancer in the Mm, last few years, Carla Suarez Navarro. So she had uh, Hodgkin lymphoma. So it's just fantastic to see Carla back on court. She is retiring, so it will be her last hurrah there. But uh, I think given the journey that she's had over her career, it's fantastic to see her just out there for one last time. Sam Stosa out first round? Yeah, I mean, it is disappointing, but her, her focus will now be on the doubles. And you had Astra Sharma last night who who looked so good in the first set and a half there against Christina Pliskova. So the 40th, the twin sister of Carolina, who you would have heard more of, but just went down in a tight three set. So she was looking all over her and it was just unlucky in the, in the end. But uh, another one that's very unlucky was Alex Dimonar because he, he won last week in Eastbourne and just yeah. like tennis, the next week is such mm. a different story. So he faced uh, Sebastian Corter and uh, lost in four tight sets there. But Sebastian, you probably know the uh, the surname from the father, Peter Corter, back in the day. Jazz, are we seeing any, um, any Aussie juniors coming through? Uh, not so many juniors at the moment, yeah. but we do have a lot of players that have come through qualifying. So we had Mark Polman's qualify and he's into the second round as well. So he's a new name on the scene, but he's in his early 20s. So I wouldn't say necessarily a junior coming through, okay. but uh, same with Chris O'Connell and Ellen Perez. And this is where we're seeing the, unless they're like superstars that are transferring from the juniors into the seniors at a young age, it's typically taking most athletes mid-20s and they're really hitting their strides just because yeah. of how physical the game is and, and we've got so many older players still out there like the lights of Federer who will play mm. Gasquet again so both of those guys are in their late 30s so there's not too much room at the top there for everyone to fit in. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Kyrgios. Uh, it was 2014 I, I remember back on the Today Show it was the biggest thing that was happening uh, in world sport he'd come through he'd beat Rafael Nadal it, it's weird it's quirky his game is sort of similar Having all this time off, could he just have enough in the tank to to have a bit of a rip at uh, Wimbledon? It'll be great to watch and also playing mixed doubles with Venus. So plenty to talk about going forward uh, and uh, we will do that with you, my dear friend. Take care, Jess. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Coming up next on Afternoon Sport, he was one of the stars for New South Wales as they clinched the series against Queensland, Damien Cook. Afternoon Sport. Follow and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Well, how good was the win against Queensland? It was just absolute poetry as Sydney sat in lockdown. I don't know if there could have been a a better tonic to put a smile on people's faces. And one of those guys out there playing his heart out, did a great job for New South Wales. Damien Cook joins us right now. How are you, Cookie? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, real good, real good. Now, you've had a few days to digest, reflect, get back to Sydney town. That moment where the siren went and you'd won the series. Can you give it to us in your words? Uh, yeah, look, mate, it was, a, it was a pretty special moment. Um, we had a tough job to start this series, obviously, with uh, the first game up in Townsville and the uh, second one in Brisbane. So we knew we had to get that first win. But 
know, it's always been a thing, uh, you know, especially for Freddie's teams. Uh, we haven't had haven't won up at Suncorp yet, and no, no better time to do it was, you know, last week. Uh, you know, with all their fans that weren't able to come up to Queensland and family and stuff like that. Definitely, hopefully, they put a smile on their face. I'm sure it did, but mate, it was a very, very surreal moment uh, after it. And, it uh, took, a, took a bit to sink in after the game, I think, just because, yeah, special moment. It is being in enemy territory, isn't it? I've had the, the good fortune of covering Origin for a long, long time, uh, even back to Lang Park. But um, they're hostile, aren't they? Mate, they are. They are hostile. And, it's, um, you know, when you run out, we, it happened at Townsville as well. It was quite a good uh, reception we copped up there as well. And, um, you know, we, we actually probably enjoy that. We love it just as much as yeah, the home ground is um, – crowd as well so um, they, they were hostile uh, but it was uh, it was good to sort of keep them quiet near the end of the game there you know, personally I've never won up there in an Oregon game and and uh, so now I can tick that one off as well. Yeah well what's it like playing with these guys like Jerome Luai and Brian To'o and Josh Adokar all great personalities I mean two of them obviously new to the Origin scene but they've seemed to have had a real impact on uh, the whole psyche of the, of the squad. Yeah, no, they've had a massive impact on the side. I think, uh, especially for the two, we know what uh, Ado Cars brought to the side for a few years now. Um, but, you know, with the other two, those boys from Penrith, um, you know, not only the combination Jerome has with Nathan, uh, but, you know, how well Brian did. He, he put his body on the line and, and didn't take a backward step at all. Like, he did some outstanding stuff for us and getting our sets off to a great start. And uh, Jerome, he's, uh, he's one of the, my favourite players that I've ever played alongside with. Uh, he was just... Very calm outside of me, but you know he was ready to go every time I, I come his way, and uh, he's just always on the ball, and uh, he just backs himself with anything he's doing. Um, and plus, you know those two around training, they're they're quite entertaining. That they're, they're always on, the music's always going. Yeah, it's always a good vibe around the joint as well. What about Latrell? You play with him at club level. He was a colossus. He really was. Those three moments: the the stealing the pill, the the, the intercept try that. That never say die tackle into the in goal, he's he's amazing. He is, mate. He's um, he's, he's a freak player, and that he's um, up there, one of the best I've ever played with, if not ever. So, um, and, and that's where he belongs in the Origin re- arena as well. Uh, I know he, he wasn't in there last year with injury and stuff, and. And um, he thrives for those big moments, and he, and he delivers as well. Well, Adam Reynolds, we know he's heading to the Broncos. You guys have got the Tigers this weekend. He's got to be in the mix somewhere for for this spot that's become available with Nathan Cleary. It's a real possibles, probables, isn't it? This weekend, a really interesting round of football for a number of the halves because someone's going to be in there. Yeah, it is, mate. It's a, it's a big round, and if you're looking at who's the best fit to probably if they were to bring someone in, I think Adam Reynolds would be the closest to Nathan Cleary's sort of style as well, uh, especially. Uh, those two guys, they got the best kicking games in the competition, I reckon. You know, I'd obviously back and support it very strongly to have Reynolds in that Blues jersey again. How good would it be? It hasn't happened for a while to get a whitewash. I don't think, I don't think anyone in New South Wales wants to take the, the, the foot off the throat, metaphorically speaking. Well, no, we don't, mate. And I think there's a lot of us in this side that lucky we get to be in the arena now, but we sat at home and watched those years of dominance by Queensland. And now we've got a chance and hopefully that game, uh, whether it's at Stadium Australia, if possible, depending on what's going on. And if not, hopefully, you know, possibility maybe Newcastle as well. As long as it's in New South Wales, I think uh, the fans deserve it. And um, hopefully we can get, get the three in a row as well. You're a fantastic football player. Carry yourself so well as an ambassador. Congratulations uh, on the win and let's go for the 3-0. Let's get it done. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests today, Jaslyn Hewitt, Brad Hodge and Damien Cook. And of course, thanks to Spartan Sports. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And the great man, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.